Hi everyone, it's Emma Isaacs here. I'm the founder and global CEO of Business Chicks and the author of Winging It, and you're watching The Libby O Show. How did she do it? Emma Isaacs, author of the Amazon number one bestseller, Winging It. Uh, yes, I do have post-it notes throughout this. It does not come with the actual book, everyone. <laughs> I can <send> to you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's how I keep track of, you know, everything that I want to ask about here. Um, but it's about why action beats planning every single time. And you talk about mostly the perspective and the mindset that entrepreneurs and creatives and anyone that wants to pursue their dream needs to have in order to accomplish the things that they want in their lives. And so I first want to talk about why setting the tone in terms of mindset was so important for you for this book. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, maybe to sort of back it up a little bit, I'll share yeah. just really cliff notes of my career so far so I can give you some context to that and, and why winging it has worked for me so so beautifully. Um, but you probably hear from my accent that I'm um, not from the States. Originally, I'm, I'm from Australia. So I was born and raised in Sydney, Australia, moved to Los Angeles five years ago, um, which has been a beautiful gift for our family. I have six young kiddos under the age of 11. Um, so half of them have American accents and half of them have <laughs> Australian accents. Um, but, but really the story is that I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. So I've never really worked for anyone else before. And when you choose that career path, it causes you to hustle. It causes you to create. It causes you to build. It causes you to problem solve. It causes you, causes you, causes you, right? So it's been a really beautiful foundation for me to be able to problem solve and get ahead in my life. So I had my first company when I was 18 years old. Um, it was a recruitment company, like a staffing agency, and I was in that business for seven years before exiting out. Um, an amazing, again, foundation for me. I learned so much about small business, you know, how to build cultures, how to become a leader, how to service clients, how to build relationships, how to manage money. Like, you name it, obviously, um, in small business, you've got to tackle it. So spent seven years in that business. We won, like, a host of different awards and did really, really well. Um, after about seven years, I kind of got a little bit of a, I don't know like not discomfort but an, an itch yeah an itch like a, a like what is next for me like is this all mm -hmm. there is and, and when I say is, is this all there is I mean I've been really successful in that company I'd um, bought my first property at the age of 19 I'd you know bought it I've got a huge residential property portfolio um, because I extracted value from the business and invested it for myself, which was really fantastic. So it wasn't that is this all there is, but I was just contemplating what my next move might be. So someone invited, um, invited me along to a business chicks event and probably like you, I thought, oh, that's the worst brand name in the world. I've never heard anything worse than that. Ah, um, sounds terrible. And she was like, oh, Em, get over yourself and come along to this thing. So I went along to my first business chicks to them 
absolutely loved it. Like it was really high production, high energy. The music was on. People were just so happy to be there. And it was like nothing I'd ever experienced before from a networking perspective because how I built my career and my first business was getting out there, putting myself into situations, you know, at networking events, meeting as many people as I could, following up with them and building relationships. But this business chicks thing, this was very, very different. Anyways, I went back to my company, the staffing agency, and I passed my credit card around and I said, every single woman here become a member now we're all going to sign up and let's buy three yeah I, they did it I mean I made them <laughs> um, I we bought three tables at the next lunch luncheon that was happening um, and at that event I heard the business was for sale so um, I ran up to the lady who'd made the announcement and I said listen I've never run networking business before I've never run an event before I don't know how to lead a membership organization but I want to be able to help um and again long story short I bought the business six months later um so we when I mean, we started out we had 200 members uh we now reach over 500,000 women across the globe pre-covid we were producing 110 live events with speakers like Sir Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, Seth Godin, Gloria Steinem, Liz Gilbert Oh, Renee Brown and Sarah Jessica Parker was amazing. She was one of our last tours before um, the pandemic hit. So it's just been a beautiful, you know, it's really been 15 years now of building that organization into what it is today. And it's a very, very, very special thing. Um, and has a tremendous impact on women um, all around the world. So, yeah, and I'm super pumped. Like, I'm still as excited, genuinely hand on heart, swear on my six kids' lives, I'm still as excited about the business as I was, you know, 15 years ago. And I think that's just, I feel really lucky that I get to do what I was put on the planet to do. And that's to connect women, to help women, to support, to cheerlead, to grow. And it's, it's, it's super fun. I love it. And I mean, I love that word that you just used cheerlead and uplifting. And I, and I loved, um, when I got to the part about, um, when you talk about managing people, I love how you included a section of ways to make new employees feel welcome. I think that's so like, I mean, the empathy there. And I just think that our world needs more of that. Our world needs a little bit more grace towards each other and reminding that, yes, even though you have these skills and these strengths to provide to the team, we are all still a team throughout and we need each other. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah. kindness, kindness is where it's at. Um, you know, this, this is one, I mean, we have many jams, but if you want to name a jam, this is our jam, right? How we, how we attract talent to our business, how we keep talent and how we grow and develop talent. So I'll give you a few little examples. Like the very first employee I had at Business Chicks 15 years ago, she's still with me to this day. So 15 years in, she's still working alongside me, which is wonderful. Um, my CEO in the business, she started with me in my staffing agency when we were kids and she did three or four years there. Then she left to go somewhere else. When I bought Business Chicks, she came into that business spent another three or four years working alongside me there then she left to go somewhere else then she came back into the ceo role and she's been there for five years so i think these examples might tell you something about the way we try and um, conduct ourselves and the, the the culture i suppose we try and develop in my companies um and yeah the way we attract talent and the way we induct them is a really 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 um special thing i think so when someone gets a role with our business we make sure we circulate that person's email address with the broader team and so um before they've even started you know 35 or 40 women have already emailed them saying, hey, Libby, I heard you got the role. We're so excited to have you in the family. Can't wait for your first day. I'm here for you if you need anything, if you need anything before you start, I'm your gal. You know, and that times 35 or 40 women is just a tremendous, like, gift to a new yes. newbie, right? They're just like, whoa, what is this? And then when they come in, 
on their first day, you know, we really make sure we're very, very conscientious about making sure they have their laptop in front of them. They have their business cards ready to go. They have, you know, some like note paper, like a journal or whatever next to them and some pens. And we just set them up beautifully so that like it sends a sign to say, we are ready for you. We welcome you. We, this means a lot to us. You're very important, right? We always make sure there's a gift on their desk. So it might be a bottle of champagne or some balloons or I don't know, like cookies or something nice just to send and always a handwritten card from our CEO or if, um, you know, I'm around from, from me. Um, and then we have like a dorky kind of morning tea or an afternoon tea to just again, celebrate, like to celebrate that this is a really wonderful place to be and that they're really valued. So these are some of the little things we try and do, but you'd be really surprised how much of an impact it has because, you know, people always draw, um, comparisons with what it's like on their first day in other companies. And often you'll arrive at your company, you know, whether you work in a big corporate or a smaller business and people are just like, Oh, I think you're over there. And you know, like no one talks to them. And, you know, so it's like, we, we are like all in <laughs> and, and, yeah, and it's like probably a little bit extra, but it's, um, but it's beautiful. And it really sets a scene. Um, yeah. For, for our culture and, and, and their first few days. And I want to hear too, um, you know, a lot of this book is about, doing and being, you know, taking action. And so I want to hear what that, how that kind of culture um, inspires your employees and has inspired you to take action and not overthink every single little detail of what you do on a daily yeah. basis. It's a great question. It's a great question. And and to be honest, like it's not as if we just sort of arrive at overanalyzing, right? We don't arrive at not um, overthinking. We It's got to be a lifelong journey of thinking about the way we approach problems and thinking about the way we tackle, um, you know, challenges in front of us. So, you know, this year for me, I've always been an um, entrepreneur at heart, right? So I've always been, again, creating, building, um, scaling things. And for me, there's a scrappiness to that, right? There's there's a creation to that. And it's not always kind of linear and beautiful and processed and systemized. I, I get that we have to, um, you know, ensure that we are running systems and, and doing our best to um yeah, I don't know, just make things easier. But also this year for me has been definitely about returning to those roots of, okay, what needs to be done here? How can we solve this problem? I mean, the pandemic's been a huge example for everyone in terms of stepping back and having a perspective on what our businesses actually do and how we can, you know, plug holes that have been taken away because, you know, for, for in our business, for example, we um, do the 100 live events a year and that all stopped the minute that the pandemic was announced. So I've had to come in and take a bit more control back of the business and say, okay, great. So 82% of that revenue is lost there. What are we going to do about it? Yeah. And really trying to get the team to both ideate and come up with ideas and innovations, but also get into action faster, right? And that was a really big thing when the pandemic hit. I turned to my team and said, we need to be first here. Like we need to be early adopters of whatever tech we need. We need to go out with our digital events and, and show that we've got our stuff together. Um, you know, we the, the speed at which we move is going to send a lot of signals to people, whether we, um, you know, are leaders in our space. And we were able to do that very, very quickly. And I think, again, it set the pace for the rest of the pandemic. Um, but, yeah, I'm always the person, I think the entrepreneur or the leader in the business is always the person who is walking around saying, hmm, we can do better here. We can do better. And, you know, it's not as if I point at my people and say, you can do better, but it's, I, I really try and encourage them, you know, through, I, I suppose, a kind of coaching modality of saying, hey, Lib, like, um, have you thought about a different way of doing this? Or tell me about how you did this. Or you're like, I'll never walk in and go, Lib, you should have done that. 
ever, 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 ever. So it's really, I believe that leaders should help their people come to their own conclusions and coach them to see better ways of doing things. But, you know, really my style has been, we can cut out those three or four steps to get there. We can get there a lot faster and we need to, because that's the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like we, yeah. we, we break things, we break things and we put them back together. And <laughs> I think you may, I'm trying to remember, I think you did mention this in the book at one point about that, that sense of boredom, maybe that you get every once in a while of like, let's change this up. Let's make this fun and different. And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're right. It, it doesn't matter what business you're in. It doesn't matter, um, you know, if you work for a corporate, it doesn't, doesn't matter the, the industry, right? It's just really about how do we innovate and how do we have ourselves you know, um, continuously grow through the chasing of new experiences and and new, I suppose, frontiers or whatever. And and I think it's a, it's you know, it comes naturally for people like you and me to want to you know shake things up and create and and do things differently. But it actually is something that can be taught to people as well. So I'm yeah, I'm always the one walking around my company saying we can do it, we can do it in a different way, we can make it fun, you know, like we can. Yeah actually make life fun and we can make life more fulfilling and bigger and um and i think you know whilst that thinking can be a little bit frustrating for people at times who just want to put their heads down and get their work done it ultimately leads to a much bigger life and and you know it, it is it is just a lot more fun i found that anyway same um really quickly i want to talk about how people can get involved with business chicks right now with the virtual events because you've been i see on your profile on business chicks profile you've been posting a lot of virtual events so what kinds of things are you teaching what are you encouraging you know new members current members during this time yeah awesome so i'd love for everyone to join business chicks it's beautiful i mean having everything online and digital digital at the moment is just a beautiful um you know way for us all to connect so we're doing virtual meetups which are really beautiful ways to you know stay connected and network our own businesses or our own careers um we're having a bunch of different digital events so even the last couple of weeks we presented people like who's been on um tan france from queer eye he was amazing rachel hollis abby wombach um elizabeth lesser like just some really interesting people so i believe like you, you can get learnings from anywhere and anyone right doesn't need to be um, the exact same career path that you want to follow, right? We can take things from so many different people and their experiences. So we just really try and find interesting people who can coach and, and you know, provide content that's super, um, yeah, both inspirational but also really, really useful. So we're doing a ton of stuff. So, yeah, we should all join Business Chicks. You should too. I don't even think I, you're a member yet. You I need to be a member. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why you're not. You need to become one. That's your next task. That's my, that's my next action step after this interview. <laughs> I love the action. That's awesome. Yes, uh, for sure. I want to talk about, there was one section of your book that I love so much in particular because I think that reaction is everything. Um, I, you know, working in entertainment for the time that I have, a lot of it's been, we don't really know, we don't really know how this interview or how this red carpet's going to go, but we're just going to go for it. And if something happens, we'll toss the interview guideline cards and we'll start, start fresh. Like it's always a new thing. And, you know, when things go wrong, planning an event, or if, you know, a shoot gets moved, or even if something positive happens that you didn't intend to happen how to react is i what from what i've been reading the most important thing um but there's one section where you're talking about uh dramatic versus pragmatic yeah, character yeah. and you give a variety of examples of and i'm just going to read two different ones here um so people can kind of know what i'm what i'm uh referring to 
A dramatic person thinks the worst and immediately jumps to all the things that could further go wrong. A pragmatic person gets into action and finds solutions with an even temperament and positive outlook. So I want to hear more about why this section here was so important for you to include and why dramatic versus pragmatic is such a great tool for people to lean on when they're just going through their day to day. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thanks for bringing it up. Um, so, I mean, it may be the Australian in me because we tend to be a little bit more chill and, you know, quite relaxed. Um, but I've always really, really been someone who's worked on the way I show up in certain situations, right? And I think there's never been a more important time for a leader to step into that power and step into that calm. And particularly this year, right? Everyone is looking at us to lead the way. And, you know, I've certainly been someone who has tried to emulate a leadership style where I, you know, I ride with a smile on my face, like no matter what has gone down, like I, I have six young kiddos over the, under the age of 11, so I don't get much sleep, but I never let that affect me. You know, I always just have a cup of coffee and put a smile and in I go. You look great. I mean, like, I don't like, know. Yes. Thank you. Bless you. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it is a choice. Like the way we show up is a choice in every single moment, you know, how we, um, the, the mood we choose the vibe we put out it's a choice right and I'm, I'm not saying it's easy it, it ain't easy but I'm saying it's possible for us in every moment to choose to react a certain way right and in my career I've always tried to be someone who takes on this pragmatic not dramatic attitude and so when something goes wrong or when I'm faced with a problem, I'm, I'm very, very aware and conscious that people are looking to me to guide the path forward. And that means not getting into, um, you know, drama. And I'm one of these people when when something happens, I don't pick up the phone and call 10 girlfriends, and say, oh, you never believe what happened and then this, and then he said that. It's a waste of time, right? So it's like the time I'm spending being dramatic and emotional with everyone around me is time that's taken away from me getting into action, taking a deep breath. <sighs> and going, well, that was shit, but what are we going to do about it and moving forward, right? And so if you're someone who really wants to get up to something great in your life, if you're someone who has got huge visions and goals for yourself, you're going to need to learn to, you're going to need to learn to master this one, right? So it's just about, again, taking a deep breath, going, you know what, it's happened, let's be pragmatic about it. What can we do? What are the practical steps we need to do to get this out of the way? Because I can guarantee you, Lib, like in 10 years' time, whatever problem you're facing right now is not going to be, you know, unless your health is, you know, completely it, you know, you're suffering in some way, but, you know, generally the day-to-day problems we face in our businesses and lives are not going to be a bit as big a problem in 10 years time. Right. So just don't waste that time getting dramatic, just get into action and move the needle forward. That's my strategy anyway. And I feel like it also helps us set realistic expectations and goals for ourselves. Cause when we're freaking out and when we're in a panic, we have an unreal, unrealistic sense of what's going to happen. Yeah. And so yeah. I feel like that whole pragmatic approach to life is just something that, again, like is a, it's a hard muscle to build. But once you, you know, step by step get there, it yeah. it becomes easier to not let yourself get in over your head with the emotions. Yeah. You're entirely right. And also like what you focus on, you get right. So if you're focused on calling everyone and <laughs> throwing stuff and like you're going to get more of that. Right. So like. Focus on the calm, focus on the solution, and then you get more of that. It's actually, I mean, none of this stuff is new, but it is so important, you know, and obviously in my work for the past 15 years, working alongside these amazing business leaders and celebrities and and visionaries, you know, I've been able to study them and I've been able to study how they react to certain situations. And 
you know, ha- having been with these people and spent meaningful time traveling with them. And, you know, not that I'm easier, but listing it on phone calls, you'll be in the back of a car and you'll see, you'll hear a problem come in and the way they react. And it's just stuff that I've been able to kind of take in and learn through osmosis and, and, and watch. And it's, it's beautiful. Like, I mean, I've, I remember seeing Brene Brown on stage once and the AV, you know, was screwed up. It wasn't our, but it was a different one that I was at. And, you know, the way that she handled herself with grace and ease. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that, that's, that's one to model. And so all of this stuff is, is not, it's not revolutionary, but it's, um, you know, it's certainly been my observations of really, really successful people and how they've been able to build their careers and life. So I think it's useful for us all. We need to be reminded of the simple ways of going about things. And that's something else that I love about this book here. Um, speaking of those that you've worked with, I want to hear about your mentor, uh, Richard Branson yeah. a little bit. Cause you talk about him throughout this book. He also just opened a Virgin hotel here in Nashville. So <laughs> oh, I know I have not visited. I've not visited. You know, I only have, um, two friends in Nashville. I count you as one of them. I know. Yes. I know. I know all about it. Um, Listen, so I met Richard, I was going to say 100 years ago, it certainly wasn't 100 years ago, but probably like 11 or 12 years ago, he spoke for business chicks um, a bunch of times. And, you know, um, he's a phenomenal person. I mean, I I respect him and admire him as a business person, but I really respect him and admire him as a family man and a philanthropist. And he really has, in the last decade, um, been able to use his platform for good and use his businesses for good. So I love and admire him greatly. I mean, I, I have a very, very tough gig. I get to take a bunch of business chicks members down to his island every single year and we run a leadership conference there. It's amazing. Um, she got a little photo of, this is him. I don't know if you're going to be able to see this, but. Oh my gosh. He's reading my book. I'm reading his. Um, I'm, yeah, mine's way better. <laughs> um and I mean, he's just, again, that's been a relationship that's been built over time and he's been very, very generous to me and um, I can go to him with, you know, problems and, but even just being in his orbit and again, watching and observing how he conducts himself with his team and in his businesses has been a super powerful um, resource and inspiration, source of inspiration for my career as well. So yeah, he's everything you would think. Um, he's a total goofball and um, just a lot of fun. And you know what, like from a business perspective, what I've really learned and gotten from him is that like, he's so cool. He's so down with failure. Like he just is so down with it. You know, he knows that, you know, I mean, a, a bunch of his companies have ended spectacularly poorly like really bad um but he, he goes into business knowing that there's a good strong chance that it's going to fail you know and it's about having you know being non-attached to the outcome um and really trying to understand that the learnings are you know uh, are made in the process and in the journey and he's just really really good at that that's something that i'm i have gotten better at i wasn't good at to start with um but yeah he's really taught me a lot about the value in failing and um trying again so he's just a very, very generous and enthusiastic person. And he really believes that entrepreneurship can be such, um, you know, a vehicle for changing things up and shifting the world. And, you know, entrepreneurs can make changes in ways that governments can't. And I mean, we're seeing this this all play out this week with the election. You know, it's like we, we can find um, causes and we can find problems that we can solve and, and 
if you work yourself into a situation where you can build the wealth to be able to create because money is power, unfortunately, like no one can argue that whether, you know, um, you like it or have it or whatever, um, you know, we can shift things and we, we can change things. So that's, that's again, one, one of the things I love about him the most. Can you share maybe a unique entrepreneur that's, you know, passed through business chicks that has been, that somebody that maybe you've championed or that you've, um, it's just been a really cool story for you to watch, whether that's in business chicks or one that you've seen from afar that you think, oh, that's really cool. This person is, oh, I mean, there's so many, so, so many, um, but, and it's like asking me to choose my favorite child, um, which I can, by the way, but I won't, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay, I'll tell you this little story because I think it's, um, I think it's beautiful. I mean, so many of our members have been with us for the past 10, 11, 12 years. And I just, you know, every single year they renew their membership and they're loyal and they show up and um, that's been really beautiful. So I'll talk about this, this one because she's a, a very dear friend and very, very, very special to me. And you should follow her if you don't already. She's a, a British Australian woman, um, but her name is Kemi Neckvapil. You spell it N-E-K-V-A-P-I-L, Kemi, and it's K-E-M-I, Kemi. Um, so Kemi, I met at a business chicks networking meetup, um, again, 10 years ago, and I just sought her out. She's the most beautiful woman ever. And we started talking and I home birthed all of my six kids. So, um, that's been, you know, incredibly, each one of those has been an incredibly powerful experience for me. And for some reason I was drawn to this woman and we got chatting and, you know, um, then I, then at some point in the conversation that turned the, the conversation turned to birth and I, you know, she told me that she'd had her two kids at home and I'm like, oh like where kindred spirits meant to be um and you know kemi's a beautiful black woman um and you know i'm really 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 interested in you know actual allyship and how um you know we can actually build a more inclusive world and how we can actually break down systems that are so broken and so i've been studying this for years and i'm really interested in you know how can i you know with all my privilege um you know really shift and and try and make a difference. Right. So, um, I was drawn to her and from that minute, I mean, I never told her, but I wanted to champion, I wanted to champion her, um, in our community. Right. And, and Australia, unfortunately, um, is not as diverse as the United States. I mean, I know we have tremendous issues here, um, with systemic racism, like no one's going to argue that, but even more so in Australia, um, we don't have time for that, but it's, it's a very white country. Um, so in my head, I was like, I really want to help and give this woman a platform and amplify her because she's, freaking magic right so yeah we so we, we've um she's been a member for 10 years we've made sure we've given her speaking spots on our stage you know like a lot of our events are like five thousand plus people and you know tried to feature her she's a brilliant writer as well she's written a number of books um so tried to feature her writing in latte and our magazine is called latte and different places so i just almost subliminally just tried to really um usher her through the community, amplify her voice, give her a platform. Not that she necessarily needed it, but, um, you know, we're a very, very big community and we we can um, really change people's careers. So all of that. And what was interesting this year with, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests really ramping up again um, and the movement being so much at the forefront of all of our, um, you know, worlds which is where it needs to be a lot of different organizations reached out to kemi and said you know can you come and speak for us and oh we write for us and will you be an ambassador for us and she's like 
they haven't been here for me in the last 10 years. I've never heard from them. They haven't tried to build a relationship with me. They haven't invested in me whatsoever. So now all of a sudden that I could be useful to them, like why would I do that, you know? So I think that's just one little story that, that means something yeah. to me because we truly want to be a diverse and inclusive community and I want to be someone who um, champions women champions women of all ethnicities and backgrounds and ages and whatever but for her you know really that's meant a lot to her in her career and it's been so fulfilling for me as well so that's one little story i can tell you a thousand we need another <laughs> another pod to to get that one done yeah and you know i think what i love is hearing stories from entrepreneurs that have not let the things around them or the opinions around them affect their like what's between their blinders having their blinders on and what they're focused on. Because I think it's very easy to fall into the trap of, oh, I've got this idea, but this mm -hmm. thing, you know, not letting outside things control your perspective. So yes, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that's the way we should be in every element of our lives. You know, I write about it in the book, this whole idea of comparing and despairing. Like it's very, very easy for us to get on social media and look at this person and be like, oh, they're more this, more that, more this, more that, or they've got more like followers or they're doing this, or maybe I should be doing that. You know, you really, like you say, if you're going to be successful as an entrepreneur, you have to back yourself. You have to develop your self-confidence. You have to, you know, believe in your abilities to get stuff done and put your blinders on and head forward, right? Like any time spent looking left and right and worrying about what you're doing yeah. in comparison to others is just a wasted, a wasted amount of time. So I think that's really, really good advice you give. And I think it's important for all of us to take it on. For sure. I was uh, talking with a friend last week about that and I was telling her, I was like, you know, you realize nothing that's for you is like it's not going it's not going to pass you by if it's for you yeah 100%. so just don't let what you may think is happening affect what is for you because if it's for you it's not gonna it's you're not gonna lose it you know so i know i know i love that i love that isn't that just a beautiful that to me gives me a sense of calm you know like attaching to something high and being completely philosophical about it and i, I think that is just it's just a really beautiful way to live, you know, and I, I've always tried to have that attitude as well. Like if, if it's meant to be for me, then it will be mine. Like it, it, it's cool. Like if it's not, it's not meant for me. It's cool. It's fine. Like I can't control that. I'm like, great, move on. You know, like it can actually be that easy. Yeah. I love it. And um, are you still doing your virtual uh, book tour now or have you like I am. So my book, Wing It, came out here uh, about a month ago now. Um, and as you said, it's a number one Amazon bestseller, which is fantastic. Um, and it's really resonating with so many different people. Um, and listen, it's... It it's going to tell you what people are telling me about the book. You know, they're saying that it's like a Bible for entrepreneurship and it's filled with, you know, lots of practical advice. I mean, I... I is to try to be very, very generous in every area of my life, right? So I just kind of took what I knew of 20 years of building and scarces and culminated in this one book. So it's filled with tips on time management and the juggle and cultivating relationships. And um, there's a lot of stuff in there about how to build wealth and manage your money and people and culture and leadership. So it's like most most people just write a book on leadership or they write a book on management or they write a book on money. I'm like, no, 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 I put it all in there. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope to think that it's really useful for a lot of people but yeah i mean i i've been um on on tour i mean i was meant to be visiting uh, you know so many states of america and talking about this book but obviously that mm -hmm. was all taken away with um 
um, COVID, but, you know, I'm sitting in my little home office and I'm talking to as many people as possible about it because I really believe, um, you know, there's lots of gold in, in that book and I want people, as many people to, you know, grab a copy and, and read it just as you have. So, I, I yeah, I so appreciate your support with it. Of course. When I appreciate you re- reaching out and I'm so excited to be one of those people talking about it, everybody winging it by Emma Isaacs. Uh, you can pick it up anywhere on the internet, go visit a bookstore. Um, and I want to wrap this up by asking you about maybe a few things that you and your children have been doing during this time that has, you know, maybe kept them creative or occupied because there was one part of the book where you talked about how your mom would find so much joy in crafts when you were back at home with her. And I resonated with that because my mom was a teacher at a young, at, at my young age and, um, was always into being like, oh, go color something or go create something. And so I want to hear more about how maybe you've brought that to your own kids, especially during this time. It's a beautiful question. Thank you. It's a really beautiful question. So yeah, I mean, like you, my mom was a teacher. She still is a teacher. She works four days a week and um, she's just the most beautiful. She's a saint. She should be a saint. She's a beautiful soul. So um, when the pandemic hit her, and they started closing. Um, I was about 38 weeks pregnant um, at the time and I wanted my mom to be here for the birth. So we quickly got her from Australia to America. And so that was great. So we spent three months, um, you know, in lockdown with my mom, which was just beautiful. So, yep, she bought her arts and crafts bag. And so the kids were doing all that, that fun stuff. Gosh, I mean, this time has been so beautiful. We've done everything. There's nothing we haven't done um, in terms of like we planted a garden. So like basil and kale and like everything, raspberries, we we just got them really like got their hands dirty in the backyard. And that was a really um, wonderful thing because we you know, we probably wouldn't have ever got around to it um, had we not been given that chance. Um, you know, being active is super important to us. We're always kicking the ball in the backyard and um, we've got one of those basketball hoop, like um, one of those things you see like the, games alleys like you press the thing and you compete against each other. Yes. Got one of those too. Yeah, we've got one of those. Um what else have we been doing so so much? I mean they we've been reading like we're a mad reading family so we read all the time together um we you know a couple of the kids already had bikes but the rest of them learned how to ride during this time which is really great so making sure we're outdoors and riding around the neighborhood has really been a really really beautiful thing even just little things like um they've been baking cookies and brownies and taking them across the road like all masked up and everything but taking them across the road and um you know doing we did that a couple of times to our various neighbors that was really really sweet i mean i think this year is about trying to find our little pieces of comfort and joy and you know trying to send that out into the world in whatever ways we can right so I've always believed that if you can make the journey a little bit lighter and a little bit more fun a little bit more joyful for someone else you should do that and that's definitely something that my mom taught me and my dad as well um so yeah I mean as challenging as this year has been it's also been just a really beautiful time to I don't know like recalibrate what's important and get back to our values and that's what it's certainly done for us and and our family this year. Well, I hope certainly that that joy and light comes back your way, especially during this holiday season and just this time that we're all, we're all living in. And I appreciate you, Emma, for being on the Livio show. Thank you. It's so great chatting with you and I appreciate the opportunity. So go well. Yes, I will. Thank you so much and enjoy uh, the rest of your week. Yeah, you too. Thanks.
It's the Livio Show. It's the Livio Show. It's the Livio Show.